This is Belize from UCLA Radio, and you're listening to The Menu. Good afternoon. You're listening to The Menu on UCLA Radio, a radio show about LA's wonderful food and drink culture and the people who make it special. I'm your host, Belize. And I'm Henry. So obviously, right now, the food and drink world has been turned upside down by COVID-19. So we're bringing you the menu from our own homes and trying to bring you stories of chefs, owners, and anyone involved in the LA culinary and drink scene who is doing their part to stay open or serve their community during this time of crisis. Today, we're joined by Trisha, Tanette, and Roselma, owners of Geneva, a gin bar in historic Filipino town. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you having us. So can you first tell us a bit about your bar, Geneva? Uh, hi, this is Tanette. Um, so Geneva is basically our gin joint in historic Filipino town. We are a full liquor bar. However, we do specialize in gin cocktails. Um, you know, when we, when we started this whole process um, as part of our, our research and business plan, we realized that there is not a gin joint around. Um, many other types of joints like uh, scotch or whiskey joints and vodka bars, but not a gin joint. And since all three of us, uh, Rosama, uh, Patricia, and myself um, love gin, we figured why not do this? Um, Geneva is a um, very, I would say intimate space. Um, on Beverly Boulevard, again, in historic Filipino town. And um, we, you know, the the look and feel um, of the bar is one um, that should be transformative, like when you're coming off of Beverly Boulevard. Um, It's an homage to um, the speakeasy, but more on... um, the bright side of speakeasies and not, you know, like dark and and dreary. Um, And you can feel that there would be a feminine touch when you walk in. And it's also an homage to um, women speakeasy owners, which a lot of people don't know about. So why did you choose gin? Why why do you think it's different? And how do you think it's different from other liquors? Um, What makes you prefer it to other liquors? Uh, well, so this Rasama, well, so what I think, um, one of the main reasons that we chose gin was, as Tanette mentioned, was um, our love of it. We grew to enjoy it even more so um, as uh, we would go out to bars or um, go dancing with each other and just celebrate it. And um, through our research and uh, wanting to open a bar, We also discovered that um, gin is a really good base for cocktails. It's a transformative type of liquor and goes well with everything. Um, It's a a great base ingredient and um, was also in, I think, um, like a a state of reemergence. you know, we, we love sort of the speakeasy style and gin was one of the classic liquors that uh, you would get. Um, one of the classic liquors for cocktails in general with martinis and um, um, uh, martinas, like all the other different types of gin-based cocktails. Um, and it just really fit with what 
we enjoy personally and what we wanted to share, I think, with the world is we wanted to involve uh, Filipino flavors into our cocktails. And so it also kind of offered a really good base to play on that. And um, hopefully Belize and Henry, when, <laughs> when we're able to go out and socialize with each other, you guys will come in and you'll see that um, we play with our cocktails as well. It's um, a part of our goal was to also challenge what people think women drink. And so we have a lot of cocktails that are very spirit forward, um, which is what we really enjoy. And you'll see that with our cocktails, we also have a love of savory, um, savory drinks. Um, we have, I don't know if you're familiar with Filipino food at all, but uh, one of our um, uh, drinks uses um, uh, vinegar a lot because uh, we use vinegar a lot in our food. Um, and then we also have a cocktail that's based off of our scaldo, which is like a porridge and we serve it with a, um, a chicken skin. So it's a very savory drink. Uh, even in the drink itself, we use chicken stock, um, rice milk to kind of get that flavor of um, our scaldo. But, um, but yeah, not, in addition to there not really being a gin bar, a gin lounge, and with the revival of gin, um, we thought and playing off of our Filipino flavors, it was just a really good mix. Those are some exciting drinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you also, uh, if I'm not wrong, all studied at UCLA. We're yeah. all alumni. <laughs> that's, that's how we all met. <laughs> yeah, blue and yellow, which is why <laughs> my sweatshirt is in the laundry right now. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, I busted out my sweater today. Here we go. Yay! <laughs> um, as UCLA alumni and. You know, you guys all had different careers at first. Um, how does that background translate into your business today? This is Trisha. I can go next. <laughs> um, first, hello, fellow UCLA listeners, and to all other non-UCLA listeners. Thank you for um, inviting us for this podcast. Uh, UCLA has played such an important role in our personal and professional lives. I'll start off with personal. You know, Rizelma, Tanette, and I met when we were like in our youth. We were 18, 19 years old, and we've been friends since then. We won't say the quantity or amount of years after that. <laughs> it's been, it's been, um, it's been a long time since we've been friends. We're, we're long lasting friends. And as a result of that friendship and how it's reinforced over the years, you know, you get to know each other. We, it's uh, our friendship has become family. We're our chosen family. So with that, um, because we, we were always sharing life moments together, hence why we were able to formulate our CP into Geneva, into this business concept into fruition anyways how UCLA plays a role in that you never realize like your college or university experience and how you think four years like oh I'm just there to pursue higher education but you meet your lifelong friends you gain such life experiences and it's an important step into your life's path of career and life's purpose 
And what's great about being at UCLA is our network of people such as yourselves <laughs> and all the alumni and current students that we form and maintain relationships with um, on an ongoing basis. So UCLA in terms of how it's become part of our baseline of keeping our business afloat has played such a significant part. You know, for example, um, whenever we market anything new and a new event or any new specialty drink, you know, we're so fortunate that because of our, our friends that we've met through UCLA or through a UCLA connection or affiliation, um, and we've, we've gained so much support and love through that. Wonderful. Um, so you have, you currently have four different packages, um, to, to go packages, um, on your website. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, um, your to go drink packages, um, that you put together during this COVID situation? Uh, this is Tanette. Um, so as with anything in COVID, honestly, it's a day by day <laughs> situation. Um, as you can imagine, um, because, you know, we're not a restaurant that, you know, makes food every day for people, we're not also um, ordering um, our ingredients. Um, so when I say day by day, it's because we are looking at what we have in stock and um, are you know, putting together cocktails according to that. Um, and so we, this would be our, is this our fourth Friday now? Third Friday of doing it and fourth Friday of doing it. And so, um, you know, every Friday it has changed um, as far as what we would offer. Um, and of course, you know, we have a, a set number of each of those cocktails. Um, so, as long as they're there, it's like a first come first serve. So now you only see four, but it actually started with probably around six or eight, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what you're seeing on the website right now are um, ready to go cocktails. So as, as part of the requirements, we do have to warn everybody to make sure that they keep this in their trunk um, because these are open bottles because um, part of our, um, you know, what we do at Geneva 2 is to reuse, um, recycle. And so we have been using bottles from um, gin bottles and um, we have been putting those uh, ready to go cocktails in there. And so they're open bottles, so they have to put them in their trunk. And then some of them are ready to go. Um, they come with um, recipes so some are straight out of the freezer and then you know you can just mix your vesper which is a nice strong drink um and uh you know create your own uh, mixing glass if you don't have one if you don't have a full bar set right um create your own mixing glass and we give you options on how to do that and just you know pour it into your own glass um we've had um in the past menus um options for a hot or a cold um, option for the beverage. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course we have the beer and wine available too, which is very straightforward. 
Um, this week, we're actually are um, collaborating with Hi-Fi Kitchen. Um, Hi-Fi Kitchen is our neighbor. Um, wonderful guy, Justin, um, who is also um, actually uh, a frontliner. Uh, he, he is actually a nurse too. He's a man of, a, a guy, he, he does that. He plays the drums. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, in collaboration with them, uh, they are putting together a frozen pizza that has a Filipino twist to it. So it's a chicken afritada pizza. So um, alongside our, our drinks, we are offering that, um, again, first come, first serve for as long as the supplies last. Um, and he also has a recipe card with it. And what's so fun about um uh, today is that at seven o'clock he is actually getting on um, online and showing people how to do this. So it's kind of like a, a mini cooking class um, to go uh, with your cocktail. So it's going to be really fun tonight. Oh, amazing. We've also noticed when we were looking at the website that there are multiple servings and not just one. Um, what was the reasoning behind that? Was it more of like an economic decision or more of like a, you know, let's, let's make it a party for you. <laughs> decision. Um, well, you know, we decided that it would, we would offer this on a Friday because I mean, everyone's staying in anyway. Right. Um, so we would, you know, we figured it would be a fun Friday night in, and then hopefully it'll take you through the weekend. <laughs> Some people finish it all in one sitting, but, <laughs> you know, depending on how many people are partaking or how much they drink by themselves. Um, but that's the idea, you know. Um, so the the minimum was a cocktail for two, and then there would be servings for four or six, um, hopefully to take you through the weekend. And, you know, you don't have to worry about um, creating your own cocktail or um, thinking just making it easier for you to have, you know, a, at least a, a weekend reminiscent of, you know, going to Geneva. Also, is your Zoom background Geneva? <laughs> I love yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, re I just realized when I was, I, I wasn't looking at myself and my background was not what I earlier, <laughs> but I wanted to show you what the interior of Geneva looks like. It um, looks really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, it's, you know, we, um, the idea behind it is that we want you to feel like you're just coming in with your friends or your family um, into your own living room, but having really, really good cocktails. <laughs> so how do you think uh, bars and bartenders are being affected differently, say from restaurants during uh, COVID-19? You want me to answer that one? Okay. Anybody? <laughs> this is Trisha. Um, I, I want to answer that because I feel like I can offer a perspective from um, also owning a restaurant business. Ooh. So what the main difference is for bars, wineries, brew pubs, um, any full, you know, alcoholic a place or establishment identified by state of California and other local municipalities as non-essential business. That's the main, the key difference. And because bars are 
considered non-essential, you know, we have to fully close, which completely affects bartenders and their source of income. Then in turn, it highly impacts their livelihood. You know, it's just, it, rip, it has that, that devastating ripple effect in the whole community and, you know, the world at large. Whereas a restaurant, you know, you can still have takeout delivery. I mean, there's a significant per, um, percentage of loss there, but you're still able to open. You're still able to serve the public. They still can come. There's still some kind of social interaction, even though there's physical distancing. But for bars and establishments like that, I mean, just being fully closed, it's it's very... It hurts. Mm. It hurts the heart. So that's the main difference. Yeah. And now there are a lot of talks about, you know, easing the, the rules that we've had so far. So maybe restaurants could open at one time at a certain capacity. How do you think bars are going to work in a state like that? I will relay that to Rizalma. All right, I take the baton. Um, well, so we, even before we had the state mandates and the city mandates, we were already trying to practice um, the social distancing in terms of, um, we moved around our furniture. Uh, so, and we were gonna do um, the capacity was, um, we, we, uh, we usually have like a security guard as well. So. With, with bars, I think there's a natural um, division because the bartenders are typically behind the bar. Um, you know, it would, it would change our model, I think, because we kind of value ourselves on our hospitality and being a welcome environment. And part of that is interacting with our customers. Um, you know, it's not just making a drink for you and um, you know, let us know when you want your second. <laughs> it's really about welcoming you into our space, sharing our story, um, wanting to see you uh, um, be joyful and celebrating or being with your friends and family and getting to know us so that we can get to know you. So, you know, I think um, it, it's a hard question, I think, because when we don't know if that's going to apply to bars. Um, uh, I think people, uh, I think with what's going on, people are starting to understand about the service industry and that it's, it's one of the industries that um, is really reliant on tips, is really reliant on consumers. And um, this is how uh, we make our money. Um, we're a typical small business that is is um, reliant on that incoming revenue. And when your business model is based on hospitality and not just on um, a give and take interaction, uh, it's it's gonna it's still gonna hurt. Um, but we are trying, you know, to do what we can virtually. Um, you know, I think now it's settling that this is. Uh, not going to be just a short term. I think it's, there's more of an acceptance on that. And so, um, you know, we're going to just really have to uh, 
um, push our creative muscles and figure out how we can still stay relevant, stay alive, um, and still express what we wanted to, um, at least with Geneva and our original business model. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> Absolutely. So are you able to uh, employ any bartenders or, or folks to, you know, deliver the to-go packages to people coming to pick them up or, or are you three doing it, doing it all? Well, so we are still employing um, those who are comfortable with it. Right. Um, so our bar director, Jesse Smythe, she's been, um, she's been able to still create the cocktails. We all know um, what the inventory is because, you know, we have Google Sheets and everything, <laughs> so we can, we can still track it. Um, and uh, she still creates all those menus. We're still able to do collaborations, you know, like, like for example, with Hi-Fi Kitchen, we're able to talk to each other on the phones and figure it out remotely. Um, but uh, for those who feel comfortable with coming in, um, it's a contactless sale. So we're actually not doing any delivery. We're not working with any of the delivery companies. That might change, um, you know, the longer that this happens. But um, we also just really wanted to um, um, still stay open, but be respectful of what's going on as well and be respectful and um, of our staff because uh, it is a health concern for everybody. The more that they go out, you know, um, the possibility of them um, encountering someone increases. And so we actually have a, um, uh, we have a small staff of, they're very much like a family, like Trisha mentioned, almost like a chosen family. And they've actually decided, um, uh, they agree to share any tips that we get sure. amongst all of them, even if they're um, not actually physically coming into the bar to help. So, um, and we are thinking or trying to um, think of other ways that everyone can contribute um, at some level. So, yeah, so we're all thinking about that collaboratively, thinking about it together, uh, figuring out how everyone can still contribute. But um, I was really, uh, I don't know, really like proud <laughs> of our staff <laughs> that they're like, no, we're going to, we, we're all in the same boat and we're all going to, you know, share, uh, share what comes in, whatever little comes in, you know, and um, so that's been, that's been really great. And what do you think is your priority right now? Uh, is it, you know, paying rent or, um, you know, taking care of your employees or something else, what do you think it's the most important responsibility that you have right now? Yeah, um, this is Tanette. Uh, wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> but um, everything you've mentioned so far actually is a priority. And, um, you know, um, it also helps that, let's say, the PPP loan also determines where your funds are going to be. And their um, parameters are actually very in line with what how we think anyway, which is, um, you know, our people, first and foremost, um, and then it would go into rent because, you know, we do have to um, 
be able to maintain the space. Um, so, you know, but again, the majority of it, and it needs to be at least 75% of that loan would go to, um, to our people. And, um, and, you know, without them, there, there would not be a Geneva. And that's why we're so proud that they're, <laughs> you know, that they did decide on that for the tips as well. Um, uh, you know, it, it, just to add to that, um, we feel it's so important because human resources really truly is. And um, it's, we're very lucky to have the staff that we have um, because I think we all share the same DNA. I mean, it's a really, really small group and we're a small ship. So everybody pitches in um, and um, we are so proud of that. And so um, of course we in turn are always thinking about them first. Um, on top of it, um, you know, we have created uh, gift cards in the meantime, too, um, so that we could help generate something um, while we're waiting, right? So besides the fact that, you know, um, people can purchase gift cards um, for a 19% discount under the code FUTURES19, we also have a code called STAFF19, and so 19% of that um, would go towards um, towards our staff. So, um, and, and that includes, uh, you know, things that we typically do, which is, I'm not sure if you've heard of our, it takes a village Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us about that. Okay. So it takes a village Tuesdays is something that we started, um, to really highlight female bartenders from everywhere, not just at Geneva. Um, We've been lucky enough to have great female bartenders at Geneva, but um, what we realized in entering this industry is that, um, as with a lot of industries, it's very male-dominated, and a lot of female bartenders um, uh, don't get a chance to shine. So um, on Tuesdays at Geneva, we have what it calls it takes a village because it does take a village to um, get everything going, right? Um, and so... A female bartender from somewhere else will create, um, you know, three or four cocktails um, of their choice with a particular um, brand or spirit, and a portion of those proceeds goes towards a charity of our choice um, every month. Now, since we've closed down, um, we actually have not been able to obviously do this, but um, as of Tuesday, this past Tuesday, our first virtual It Takes a Village happened because of COVID-19. And so um, they still are able to show, you know, what they create of these cocktails and any sales um, of gift cards that are that happen on a Tuesday will go towards that charity. And this month we have chosen Art Beyond the Glass, which um, typically uh, already provides for um, it, they already create all these um, either events or um, ways to raise money uh, for bartenders too, but this one in particular for COVID-19. So um, we're really excited about that. So we hope to continue it. And we're very blessed to have female bartenders who are willing to do this online, which is very different. You can tell from, you know, how they typically do it. And so you're cheering, you know, you're, you have a cheers that's um, with our um, 
bar director, Jesse, um, who's on the other side of the IGTV and, you know, just creating a cocktail right next to her. And, um, you know, it's very different, like what Rosam is saying, you know, and, and especially at Geneva, we love this interaction. We're big huggers and, you know, we're very, um, you know, hospitality is really number one on our list. So, um, you know, having to do it this way is, is very different, but, you know, we all have to adjust to how um, the times are today. So, so this is a, you know, pretty, pretty sort of scary time for a lot of people. And I think I know personally a lot of people who are enjoying alcohol at home <laughs> um, because it's helpful, um, you know, to sometimes when you need to have fun and relax and, you know, de-stress. Do you think that's, I don't know, sort of helpful in this time that people might need a little more comfort in, and they find it in drinks? I can answer that. <laughs> um, I think, you know, being able to still enjoy what you enjoy in general, despite the COVID-19 pandemic situation of the world. Um, and of course, we always stress and advocate for moderation and balance in life. Um, of course, so like, you know, Rizoma, Tanet and myself, we, we like to drink, we enjoy it, but you know, well within reason, of course. And I think um, people in general do turn to alcohol for whatever reasons they have, as long as within, again, within reasonable parameters. But you want to, but we also want to, want to balance that out with other healthy ways to keep wellness and moderation in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Great answer. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would add to that too. Like, um, I think it offers a form of normalcy also because this is stuff that we probably would have done um, regularly. Um, although it's, the intensity of virtual happy hours was just the same as the intensity of trying <laughs> to understand what was happening. I think uh, we're normalizing that a little bit, um, doing more coffee coffee uh, breaks and lunch meetings, dinners out and stuff like that. Um, but it's been nice to, um, the few times that I was at Geneva when we were doing the to-go pickups to see our regulars come in. Um, and they're, they're even being thankful that uh, we're open, um, even though it's just once a week, um, to also have that, that form of normalcy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And speaking of normalcy, a lot of people find it hard to be productive or creative um, during this time because it's, it's stressful for everyone. Um, so how do you... Um, stay creative during this time? Do you have any ideas of what you could do with the bar when it's, you know, when things are a little bit more normal? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, even though the pandemic is stressful and intense and it can become burdensome yeah it's very encumbering for a lot of us but on the other side of that it is this it opens up uh people it kind of nudges everybody to be creative 
you know, it brings you out of your comfort zone. It forces us all to be, to think out of the box. It, it kind of, you know, um, it's, I'd like to say it's a, you know, this pandemic is like a portal to our creativity and innovation because it brings us out of our norm. Even though we have that sense of normalcy, which equates to our daily routine, but what's amazing about um, the sign of the times right now is that, you know, a lot of people rise to the occasion. So because people are rising to the occasion, creativity, innovation, invention, uh, new ideas, or dusting off old ideas that you push to the side and then bringing it to light or to the surface. Um, it's, it's, a, it's been such, a, such an experience to witness all of that in, in each other and within ourselves. So that's how creativity is flourishing right now. Um, so as, as you mentioned before, it is hard to be a woman in the restaurant and, you know, um, in the restaurant industry as well as other industries. Um, do you find that difficulty during this, you know, crisis again? Do you see any disadvantages of that right now? Or is it the same as before? Go ahead, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say it's a good question. Um, I mean, I think an advantage of um, being a woman is that we're used to multitasking and just <laughs> trying to figure out solutions <laughs> to things as they come up. Um, and I think that has probably helped us a little bit in just um, allowing ourselves to also just take a moment and figure out what's going on and not necessarily rush into it, rush into things, but just really figure out what might be best for us, for our staff, um, for, our, for our business. Um, and I think that kind of helps, you know, like, um, and that's the first thing that kind of came to my mind is that, um, it's hard because it's, I think the biggest differences is that, like, especially in this field, like, there's a lot of that aggression and, um, and trying not to get sucked into that. Um, and I think it helps for us to be a woman that there's three of us and we can talk it out <laughs> and figure it out together. Yeah, and if I could just add to that too, I, um, you know, and it, it cannot be denied that women do, um, you know, congregate and get together naturally when something happens, right? And um, and it's true, I'm very lucky to have these, you know, two women in my life um, and as my friends and also as my partners. Um, and it's very natural for us to have a meeting of the minds right away and um and and talk things through and um we also you know our bar director happens to be a woman as well and so um you know it's it's great to be collaborating with her as well and um a lot of things um happen faster because of of that i think um 
and and natural because we naturally do that already. Um, I would say in general, though, um, to address your question, I mean, I think the whole as what you know, Trisha was saying earlier, this has actually put us all in the same playing field. Like it leveled everybody out, right? It's like it doesn't matter where you are in life, what you've accomplished in your life. We're all staying home. We're all going to get, you know, we are all susceptible to it no matter what, you know, what you do in your life. Um, so, you know, to that extent, I think it, it levels us out. Um, however, how we adjust to it and how we deal with it, um, you know, that's all up to us. And I think that, um, you know, as, as women collaborating together um, and, you know, natural multitaskers that women are, um, that, you know, we're able to, to do this, you know, day by day. Um, and I think, um, you know, we have a sensitivity to and a responsibility to our staff um, that we keep in mind. Um, so, you know, we're constantly doing that. And also to what Kenny was asking about, um, you know, creativity wise, um, as an entrepreneur, you're constantly doing that anyway. Now, um, and you're always constantly thinking about how to stay relevant, how to, you know, how to keep things going, how to excel, right? Um, and um, so now it's how to stay afloat, right, for everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a good thing that we had some good practice <laughs> already. Um, but it, it is really um, stretching out what, what everybody's capacity is and everybody's, um, what everybody thinks they can do. So um, up to that extent, we're all in the same playing field. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for those wonderful answers. Wonderful. Um, can you uh, give us a wrap up of how customers can support you, support Geneva right now? Uh, well, so they can go to our website, uh, GenevaLA.com. Um, and they can order uh, the to-go cocktails, which are available for pickup on Fridays between 4 and 8 p.m. And um, we, they can also do the gift certificates as well to help us. And um, they can just buy a straight gift certificate that can be used when we open. Or as Tanette mentioned earlier, we have the two codes, STAFF19, which 19% uh, of the proceeds will go to our staff. And Futures 19, which is a 19% uh, discount on the value um, or on your purchase, I guess. <laughs> um, and then there's also, you know, we're uh, our Tuesdays on our IGTV. We're going to be continuing some of that guest bartending and um, still trying to figure out, you know, maybe other types of virtual connections. Um, I will say, you know, with us doing the to-go cocktails, I'd love for us to really consider maybe going retail. Ooh. <laughs> I haven't talked to Tanette or Tanette, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that might be something that this will help us prepare for. Um, but, but yeah, but just, uh, just so thankful for technology, for us living in a city that uh, is really trying to make a difference and respect our community. Um, 
thank you, Belize and Henry, also for um, maintaining this and reaching out to us. Um, but you know, let's let's see what what comes out of all of this. Looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on to our show. We really appreciate it. Yay, Bruins. Thank you, yeah. go Bruins. Thank you, go Bruins. For, uh, you know, giving you a hug. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Yeah. So we've been talking with Trisha, Tanette, and Rosalma, of the owners of Geneva Gin Barn Historic Filipino Town. Follow them on Instagram. They have posted a lot of content. <laughs>